and, and I think that probably speaks to one of the things that I love about video games, which is exploration. Like yeah. a lot of the games I mentioned, you know, it is about exploring something. It isn't about mastery for me, which I know it can be for people, and that's great. But I know for me, it is about the exploration and not knowing what you're going to find um, and then what you're going to do once you find it. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks, episode 42. I'm your host, Erin, and today I'm joined by... One of my favorite co-hosts, my husband Nick Sobel. Hey, I, I didn't think I was a co-host. So that was more like a guest, but okay. Dang, one I, of I guess my that's fav- nice. That's like an upgrade, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're not a co-host. No, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm in now. Because I said co-host. I got some ideas going forward now. Episode oh my forty-three. Gosh, you know what? It would be really fun to just host a regular <sighs> podcast with you. I think the idea is probably more fun than the reality would be. Yeah, you're very challenging to wrangle as a guest, I'm not going to lie. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Super busy schedule. So, Nick and I have a couple things we're going to chat about, but mostly we're just going to shoot the breeze. And uh, Nick's going to watch the baseball game in the background. I hope that's okay. Just for real talk. I hope that's okay. I don't have your undivided... Well, I just want the people to get a real sense of, like... What a marriage chit-chat is really like. This is not us staring into each other's eyes over candlelight with a microphone. No, no. This is exhausted us after throwing our kids in bed, screaming at them to brush their teeth, and then... Watching a baseball game. Well, you're watching a baseball game. I I don't know who even... Like, what... Okay, Toronto's losing, so... Well, yeah, thanks. We'll see. We're at the top of the six, so we'll see how long oh, we record. Oh, you like, we're going to do like no, play-by-play? No. Oh, Is I that have, what we're... I, I have absolutely no desire to do that whatsoever. We're, we're doing a Jay's podcast we... now? Is that what this is? This is this turning become? into my nightmare. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. No. But um, thank you for recording with me. This is our third episode together. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. You were supposed to be on the tens. I was, I was, yeah, I, I didn't want to be the one to bring that up, but since you did, I, I was, I was bumped. You were bumped from episode 40. Do you know why? And you episode were... 41. <laughs> Do you know why you were bumped? Uh, no. So I did a, I did the whole month of July all about books. I called it Medium Lady Reads, and I did four episodes in a row all about reading, which happened to coincide with 40 and 41. Yeah. And so I didn't want to stop my Medium Lady Reads trend just for an episode on the 10s with you. I thought it would jar my audience. Yeah. Well, I jarred your husband instead, but that didn't seem, <laughs> that seemed to be okay. I promise you'll be back for episode 50. How about that? I think that might be too soon for the audience then. I don't... They were, they were 42 to 50 is I like not... I feel a... like that's maybe too soon. Anyways. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so um, the la- the very first time you were on the podcast was last year, a year ago. It was episode 20, and it was for our anniversary, our 15-year anniversary, and we talked about being married. We gave lots of sage advice, I think, maybe. But I'm glad to be recording with you today because I've been in a bit of like a recording slump. And how many times have I told you we we're going to record this and we ended up not doing it? Many. 
Yeah, a lot. Like, like a lot. Like over ta- five times. Yeah, easily. Yeah, so I've been a bit of a creative slump. I don't know if it's a creative slump. We just for me, not that, okay. You're unrelated to you. Okay. Because I'm the host. You're the guest. Well, co- I'm co-host. So, you have no responsibilities as a co-host. Yeah, it's a great game. It's worked out very well for me. <laughs> well, um, anyway, I'm grateful to be doing this episode with you because it's very much in my comfort zone to just talk to you. So it kind of gets like the the juices flowing without gotcha. me being self-conscious. If I were to record a solo episode, I would probably be like a little more halting. Gotcha. And having me on is just kind of throwing caution to the wind and we just go yeah that. yeah because you're not gonna let me take myself too seriously True. i'm like i've been in a creative slump and you're like who cares <laughs> i didn't say who cares no but your face did and your body language did and did it's, it's true who cares because like now we're recording and it's happening it's on the only way to make a podcast is to make a podcast it's very good advice yeah it, it is if you want to do anything the way to do it is to just do the thing that you want to do you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm absolutely right. Okay. Um, so thank you for getting me out of my creative slump. The topic for today, like the, the main thing that we're going to spend our time talking about is video games. Fantastic. Which is like the second nightmare that I have to hosting a Jay's podcast would be to host a video game podcast. Fantastic. But we're going to, this may I love be, this, idea. this may be the only episode Medium Lady ever does about video games. Well, I mean, you know, I'm back in eight episodes. <laughs> But I thought we would talk about video games because video games were not a part of my life until I married you. Married specifically. Like, even when we dated, I don't think you really played a lot of video or computer games. It was not until we got married when you got an Xbox 360 from our wedding party. Thank you, Emily. Yeah. And the wedding party. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And yes, thank you, Emily and the wedding party. And it was an angsty wedding gift for me. I love this. I know. I still remember the moment of opening that. It was amazing. Oh my god. Okay. But um, ever since then, video games are like a huge part of our life. And then we had kids and video games are a huge part of our kids' life too. Which as looking back on past me before we got married, I'm really surprised at how much our kids love, play, engage in video games. I thought that would be something I could hold off until like age eight. But, in fact, I could not hold it off at all. And I actually am glad that we didn't hold it off because I think that it's been, like, a huge part of their entertainment, but also their development in ways that I really did not expect. I had, like, a very negative impression of video. I'm <laughs> Is that clear? Do you remember? Yeah. I had a very negative impression of video games. Yeah, I, there is a stereotype to gamers from non-gamers, I think. Because I know, like, growing up, I played video games. I remember getting the original Nintendo Game Boy way back when. So I played video games even when we were dating. But it wasn't a thing. Like, if we were on a date or, like, hanging out, like, it wasn't something. That was something. Video games for me has always been something I've done on my downtime. And yeah. so, like, when we were dating, I'm not going to, like, play. You don't play video games. Yeah. You're right. Like, dating, you're going to watch me play a Video game just did see it seemed like yeah. a really odd that didn't make any sense to me for us, um, but then of course once we got married and we're we're, we're living together, yeah because we didn't that's true we didn't live together before we were married no we're in different different cities really. different cities and then yeah that's a good that's a fair point but for you being someone who plays video has played video games since like as early as you can remember mm-hmm. you would have been age what 
That's a great question. I probably got my, my Nintendo Game Boy, I don't know, maybe I'll say six. Really? Maybe. That's like Henry's age. Yeah. Wow. So like... Might be wrong on that, but some somewhere around that. Six, seven. We could easily say your entire life you've been playing. Yes. And never something you'll ever stop doing. No, it's hard to find the time now. Um, you find the time. Not like not even like I used to. As the kids get older and older, and yeah, staying because up later they later. want because they want to play. And they want to play, yeah. And your wife wants some time with you. Yeah. So let's segue briefly to playing video games together as a couple. Sure. How many video games have we played together as a couple? <laughs> I mean, I, I would say I think of four. Wow, that that many? Yeah. Uh, I can <laughs> like think of three year, too quickly. Three-year droughts in between each game. Oh, I have more than that, I think. <laughs> so what are the games that you remember us so playing? So the I'm very curious. first game I remember us playing was on the Nintendo... No, sorry. The... Oh, gosh. Now I'm going to like... <laughs> the Xbox. Yeah. The 360, yeah. That's right. Um, Was the Marvel game. Yeah, the Marvel Alliance. Marvel Alliance, which is like a button masher. Oh, so good. We got to like get all these different Marvel characters. Yeah. I don't actually don't even think I knew that much about Marvel until we played that video game. That's probably true. And then I had characters I liked. You had characters you yeah, liked. Yeah, it was a game of no skill. You just hit buttons as fast as no, you could. No, but you, 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 it would establish a constant dynamic for us when we play video games together, which is you racing ahead and the interface dragging me. <laughs> Yeah. Along to keep us. Yeah. Yeah. Because this was like not, I guess, not sophisticated. Although the Xbox 360 was pretty sophisticated at the time. It was not sophisticated enough to do like a split screen where I where I had to be on screen with you at the yeah. same time. Yeah, it was either I was racing ahead because I'm like, let's keep moving here. Or I was behind smashing every object in a room. Yeah. Why do you, I still collecting don't understand why you do that. Coins. Coins. Yeah. And always more coins than me by like at least three times. Yeah, that's yeah. And racing to get coins before I could get coins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's very annoying. You know. Well, I'm trying to move things along. Sure. Yeah, I'm not great at video games. I guess that's what you're trying to say. Well, you're also very competitive too. So yeah, in that true. way, like I remember also for the Xbox 360, this was not a game we played together, but there was this game called Viva Pinata. And this was oh a game. Oh my gosh! You I forgot game? about that game. And yeah. it, was, it was kind of like a farming game. You like raised these animals, which for some reason were pinatas, whatever. And, and you gardened. Yeah, it was, it was actually a really fun game. And we were sort of playing it like you were doing shift work, nursing, and I'd yeah. play it, and then you'd play it. And that kind of went on maybe for a week or two, and then you kind of realized how much better my farm was on this game that I. I and you, so much better. I guess. And you were like, I'm done. I'm not playing this game anymore. Like you, that you, and you literally like stopped cold turkey. I did. When you realized that my Viva Pinata farm was way better than yours. I don't like to be bad at things. It's not a great quality. Uh, it, it just, it, you just decided, yeah, well, you just couldn't had... be the same that it was not going to happen. Yeah, and you know, I think there is, if I think about it, a little bit of a, like, spoiler alert factor. It was kind of like, I had seen how far your garden had come, mm. and I was sort of, like, lost a little bit of the curiosity. Fair enough. And also was disappointed with how much time I had spent, and I had was not beating you. Right. Even though the game was not competitive. Not competitive at all. Single like, player, not competitive. Did, did not matter. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, I had forgotten about Viva Pinata, but would you say that's a game we played together? No. Okay. Okay, so the next game I remember us playing together was Skyward Sword. I guess we didn't play through oh, to completion, though. Maybe that doesn't count. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think of that one for, um, yeah, you're talking for the for the Wii. Yeah. So, uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword for yep. the Nintendo Wii, we played quite a lot of, but we would take turns? Yeah, Is that we how would. we did that? Yeah, yes. We'd, like, pass the controller back and forth. Yeah. You would do the oh, hard parts. I forgot about that one. Yeah. There was something fun about that because it was, we c- I could not get, get into my competitive zone. And I could also watch you play and help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've always been very good at that, like figuring things out, seeing things. Yeah. Uh, and that game was fun too because you had the the Wiimote with the what are they called the Wiimote Plus little thing you put at the end of the Wiimote, so you, you could swing your sword around, which is kind of you couldn't take yourself too seriously. No, when you would you're feel like, very dumb. Yeah, swinging your Wiimote around, and you had to like thrust it in the air. There was a lot of thrusting, and uh, yeah, you just <laughs> couldn't get too serious with the thrusting. With thrusting of the Wiimote, okay. Careful. That's good. Yeah, it's getting a little suggestive. I can see why it would be fun for us to play games know, together. I don't know what's suggestive about this, but it's just, mm. just video game talk. You just use the word thrusting like four times. Yeah. Okay, so the, those are the two. Then the third one is Animal Crossing, but maybe Animal Crossing doesn't count because we never really played it together. No, that one I... Well, That's that kind of iconic in our family, though. Yeah, because that was sort of... What pandemic. was that? Beginning of, beginning of pandemic, beginning of lockdown, and... That was a little more because you're sort of sharing an island. So even though we all kind of played mm. individually, we're all sharing sort of the same space. And the characters kind of interacted with all of us. We all had our own houses on the island. So I would say that was one because we could talk about and compare things and talk about, you know, plans for the island or things like that. I, I would consider that one we played together. I was obsessed with Animal Crossing. I don't think I've ever played a video game as long as I played that game. Oh, compl- I completely agree. Would you, you would say it's your favorite game of all time. It is my favorite game of all time. Of that, the four games that I have well, played. But that was different. Oh, but Viva Pinata now. Five games. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> still. Oh, Mario Kart. I've played six games. You put, that's true. I wonder if we can think of ten games that I've played. We'll see by the end of this podcast. Maybe. That's the goal. Um, uh, yeah, I would say it was interesting for me. I think it was very cool to see you really get into a video game and play a video game that much. Um. I would and like sort of stay with it as long as you did was was very cool to me. Yeah, because obviously video games are a passion I have. So to see you sort of sharing that was cool. Beckett was a baby. The kids were still little enough, but old enough to play video games on their own. Yeah, maybe Henry not as much. And it was it was like all of us together, and we were already all together all the time. Yeah. Like it's this very like emblematic you know, like, little microcosm of what we were already living all the time through the pandemic. And I literally would, like, tell the kids, like, you have to give me the Switch in 30 minutes. Yeah, it was, yeah. I have to play it. Yeah. And part of me kind of misses that, actually, like, just how much I would look forward to playing it. Yeah. And getting items and digging up rocks and all that stuff. Like, I've gone back to it a couple times. And still just kind of, like, get lulled into, like, you could easily spend, like, an hour to an hour and a half routinely doing the same thing every day Mm -hmm. in this way that was, like, really satisfying and kind of would, like, produce something. I don't know. It's, like, really hard to describe. But it was very fun. 
Yeah, but that that's what video games can do so well. I mean, there's so many different types, but this thing that you have that you look forward to that tells a story and, yeah. you know, you can sort of do these routine things. You sort of have a plan when you play about what you want to do, where you want to go. And there is something very, um, I don't know what the word, it's, I certainly find it very relaxing. Yeah. You kind of get in your own little zone and own little world that takes you out of whatever else is going on in your life. It's extremely chill, and it was kind of cozy, I guess, because it's all about, like, houses yeah. and gardens and landscaping and nature and little animals. But not all video games are chill like that. No, not at all. Like, you've played some really intense, many very intense, like, yeah. games. Um, okay, and then the fourth most recent game that we played together... That was sort of the impetus for this episode was a game called It Takes Two, which is an award-winning game on PS5. You can find it, I think, anywhere, but yes. And how would you give us a brief synopsis of It Takes Two? Um, It's a co-op game where you play as a couple who is on the brink of getting a divorce. And sort of through their, their, their young daughter, you get transformed into these dolls and your job is to make it back you kind of get lost in their property they live in a farmhouse your job is to essentially get back to your daughter turn back yourselves back into humans humans. and we played that together now it was this award-winning game and i heard about it from my sister who played it with her fiance and i was immediately mad at you that you hadn't invited me to play, you hadn't invited me to play this um, cooperative game about a married couple. I felt getting like, a divorce. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. felt like the divorce part was was a, was a deal would, breaker. I thought you would have a big issue. Like I'm not playing this game, and also we've never played a game like that's just not happened with us before. But in my mind, it should. <laughs> yeah, you were super irritated with me. So we played it. We did all the way through. And oh yeah. It, it's deservedly, it was one of the games of the year, I think for last year, yeah. and it deservedly, it, it's amazing. It's a really, really incredible game. It's a really amazing storytelling. It really scratched the itch for me of, like, book reading. Like, it was yeah. very akin to, like, falling into the world that gets built when you read a really great book, except because it's a video game, it has the advantage of almost being, like, 12 different books, because it has all these different chapters and all these different mm-hmm. worlds, and... It doesn't have the baggage that world building has in a book because the world building happens visually when you look at the screen and you look at the world and you are engaged in these activities that help you kind of understand the plot in a really different way. And I think a game like It Takes Two it was so great also, you know, the story was good, but the way you had to work together yeah. was was really creative and inventive, like figuring out... Puzzles. Like at one point, one of the characters has a hammer head and the other person has nails and you're trying to figure out how to navigate through the level yeah. where one person's putting nails and the hammer can swing off the nails and you have to figure out exactly where to put the nails so the person with the hammer can get through everything. Yeah. It's it's really, really creative and some of the solutions aren't super obvious or they're tricky enough to figure out that they're it's really satisfying once you get it. Yeah. Or there was one chapter where we ha- we were magnets of opposite poles. That was really cool. And then there were some that were, like, focused on music, some that were focused on 
oh my gosh, like space. Some of them were really yeah. visually, like one, you're like inside a clock. That was really amazing. One, you're like inside a go- uh, snow globe. I think it's a snow globe. There is like a, a winter world. I yeah. forget the exact way you get in. Um, but Garden. Gar- yeah. Tree. A tree. Yeah, you're, there's like a squirrel chapter. Okay, garden shed. Like there, there, there are a lot of things and um, yeah, really fun to play. And I was, I didn't know like how this would go for you. Because I remember seeing some of the puzzles. <laughs> and I knew some of the jumping that was going to have to happen. Why are you bringing up jumping? Because <laughs> I had it, it has to be done. <laughs> I knew I, I was like Aaron. I I was like you're not going to be able to do this. Like it's too technical. It's too technical for someone who really has not. Like you're talking about like Animal Crossing. There's no jumping in Animal Crossing. No, like nothing. That's why it's my favorite game of all time. <laughs> yes, you have a lot of trouble with with jumping. So I knew seeing some of these puzzles that it was going to be. I didn't think you were going to be able to do it. And sure enough. I was not able to do. No, I think you you did. <laughs> I think almost everything. No, there was one you really had to do. It still gets under my skin. Uh, it was you just one. Had to do. So the really challenging thing about this technical, I am very bad at jumping on video games. Like like so bad. Like <laughs> doesn't matter whether it's two D or three D. Henry is better than me at jumping, and will and, and has been for two years. Maybe. Yeah, it's true. Henry's seven, six, almost seven. And I, I'm just always, I've always been really bad at jumping on video games. It's like a timing thing for me, plus like a visual spatial problem that I have. If the, if the, if the console requires me to move forward and backward on one joystick and change a camera angle with the other joystick, I'm just like dead. Like I will jump into like the flat surface of some rendered object and (laughs) swear a lot. There's a lot of swearing. A lot of cursing. A lot yeah. of cursing. But you did really well in that game. I think that game, and that's, I think, what why that game was so much fun to play together, yeah. is the difficulty level was challenging enough for us, and the puzzles were satisfying, but it was a game that was, that was really approachable for someone like you, who's really a video game novice. Yeah. Because the story was good. Uh, the gameplay was forgiving enough. Like when you die, this takes you. It's one of those games that takes you right back to the place oh. you should have jumped from. So it's very quick. Like you die, you're not having to start way back at a checkpoint. That would have been With, so demoralizing. I wouldn't have made it through. No. So the game is really friendly for I think all types of players. Yeah, but you were satisfied as an advanced player. Yeah, because everything was so creative in terms of how you had to solve these puzzles and go through these levels. Absolutely, I thought it was it was fantastic. Yeah, really great game. We played it all the way through. What yeah, did you th- what highly did you, recommended. What did you think of the ending? I don't want to give any spoilers away. No, like you're... Well, I like. I found the ending disappointing. You don't play it for the ending. So that's what I was going to ask. Sure. Because like when you read a book, yeah, a you read a book sorry. for the ending. But when you play a video game, are you playing a video game for the ending? No, you're playing it for the journey and everything yeah. you get to that point. That kind of felt like a lesson I had to learn about video games. Yeah, I think, I mean, in anything, it's hard to stick the landing, right? In, in sure. books, TV shows, movies, yeah, video games. So the video game's got to be really good the rest of the way, because you're, you're probably not going to get the payoff you want. Yeah, endings are, an ending. endings are hard. Yeah, that's true. I would love to find another video game to play together, but I'm, but that's your homework. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. <laughs> not right, like, the second, but, like, it was just really fun. It was, it was, yeah. It took us a while, too. 
It was I good. It was a good couple weeks of. Yeah, we play like an hour, like an hour in the evening or something like that to to get through it. The other thing that really I I was reminded of is like your stamina to play video games. Like I would tap out. I would be like, I'm done. I'm like, you could easily. I felt like have played for more time. But I know also like you like to play video games on your own for an indeterminate period of time. That's like self care for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And, and what do you think is like the major difference between playing on your own versus playing a cooperative game? You have to talk with some. <laughs> oh my god! We could go back to your introvert there, yeah, extrovert. But, well, honestly, there, there's a lot of truth to that. Is um, um, you know, like I don't play uh, online games much at all. I don't like. I don't want the competition. I don't want the aggravation. I don't want the having to like work with other people. Um, that to me is like, what am I doing? No, I just want to, you know, I like to just be able to yeah, sit and play a game and just work through it on my own, on my own pace. Can you explain to medium ladies what an online game is? Uh, an online game is when you're playing against or even with other people online. So it might be like a first person shooter. Um, it could be a sports game. It could be a wide variety of things where you're playing with somebody else online. And so you're constantly having to navigate because... You know, um, if your kid gets up and needs a glass of water, you're pausing. That could be like an awkward. You have the timing, um, and then also you just gotta like interact with other people, like with a microphone. No, uh, you can. It can be with a mic, uh, or it can just be just playing the game. It doesn't have to be speaking. Yeah, that's that's online gaming. And other people like everyone has their own like niche. If you like online gaming, it can get and is super competitive. So it's ironic that. I'm like, hey, let's find another game to play together. And you're like, I would rather. <laughs> no, that's not actually what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I know, that, I know. But that was a really special game it takes, too. Really special game. That's a good point, is I'm like, I want you to find us another award-winning cooperative game that yeah. we can play together. Because you make a really good point about all the, all the thoughtfulness that went into designing that game to make it a satisfying cooperative game for a variety of levels mm-hmm. of players. But maybe I thought, too, we could talk a little bit about kids, because like I said before, I am still really surprised as a mom how much our kids play video games and how early they started playing video games. William started playing video games, I think he was three. Yeah, and we started off with the the Lego games. The Lego Star Wars games. Uh, Lego Star Wars. Lego. I think, I think it, was, it was Lego Star Wars. Was it, or Marvel. I think the first one was Marvel. We okay. But I mean, I mean, all the games are the same. Like, let's let's be honest here. The Lego games, but they're perfect for really young kids because it goes back to that Marvel Alliance game we talked about way back when. It's just you go around, you could button mash. Yeah. You know, you collect your. You don't die. No, you don't. Same you, thing. You just you go right break, back. You it's... break into parts and you come back. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And why did he, he just watched you play and he was so into it. We yeah. never really even talked about it. It was just like all of a sudden he was kind of experimenting with it. Yeah. Learning how to fly, learning how to press A, learning just, how to. Just be able to move around and jump. It was kind of cool to see him, right, figure these things out. Because, I mean, yeah, he would watch me play and he would want to play. So every once in a while you'd give him the controller and he'd basically sit there and drool on it. Like he wouldn't know. <laughs> he'd, sm- he'd smash buttons and things would happen. Yeah. But he didn't really know what was going on. And then to sort of see over the months. As he starts to figure things out, and then next thing you know, we're like, "Hey, let's try playing together." And, and the Lego games are great because they're so forgiving. Like I can go around and basically do whatever I need yeah, to do. Yeah, you can play the whole game by yourself, basically. And like William could just go and do whatever. And, right. and if he's just doing nothing, it didn't really matter. It didn't really phase him. 
Face him, yeah. When would you say he started gaining skill? Oh, certainly when once he was into when he was four, I would say he could like with me. We could especially during summers we could consistently play a game. Yeah, and he could actually do certain things. Yeah, he would know enough to do whatever actions or press the right button at the right time. Yeah, that seems really young to me, but I think you're right. William definitely has a very good aptitude for video games. Um, like Beckett's three right now. Yeah, maybe it was like older. He was definitely well into his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just yeah. as he turned three. Right, right, right. What do you think it is about video games that are great for kids? Because I actually think I would. I thought they would be like harmful to our kids, but I actually think they're pretty great for kids. Yeah. I think it depends what game you have the, the, them playing, by and large. But I think, I think overall, video games are awesome. I think what's great about video games is is the instantaneous feedback, right? Like, if you're playing a game as a mm. kid, um, you know, you learn by making mistakes. And so you're playing a game, mm. you can just keep screwing up and you're going to go right back to that, like, ledge you jumped off and you get to try it again. Right. So as long as you have that right game, which is just a little difficult enough, I think kids can progress really quickly because you get that instant feedback. So you think that for kids and for kids growth it's important that the game is actually just a little bit too hard uh yeah i think that just makes it way more interesting and satisfying to play yeah but then there are games like animal crossing which aren't hard at all i guess well maybe they were a little bit they would be a little bit hard for like henry yeah henry had a real challenge with it that's a game we think differently that's not like a technical game in terms of like doing jumping but you're really thinking about what you want to do on your island, what you planning. want to collect, or if you're going fishing, or yeah, there's more planning going on than just thinking about how to make these next three jumps. Right. There's a little a discovery in a different kind of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the games that have been really instrumental for our kids have been most of like the Nintendo suite of games. Well, that's with kids. I mean, that's stating the obvious. Nintendo just. They're, they the know kids. they're the best in the business. Yeah. Well, they're the best just overall in terms of, yeah, family entertainment. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of always know whatever they put out is going to be, it's going to be great. I couldn't believe William. I think it was last year, but maybe it was two years ago with Odyssey. Yeah, Mario Odyssey. Yeah, that's a cool thing. Like, I mean, I know as a father, like, I grew up playing video games. And, and my dad, uh, he, he eventually started playing video games because we would. Yeah. My dad... Uh, is it? He's terrible at video games. Sorry, he, Dad. Sorry, Dad. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> I terrible. Know. I don't think Dad um, listens. <laughs> I, probably, I don't. I don't Medi- think so. Medium lady is not <laughs> his demographic. True, but <laughs> so but so but he came to it a lot later in life. So he didn't sure. grow up. He didn't grow up on it. But I was crazy about with seeing like your kids is. I mean, William can do things now that I can't. Like, he, he, you know, he can beat me in Mario Kart. Not all the time, but he can beat me in Mario Kart fair and square. He was doing things in Mario Odyssey that I could not do. Now, he had a different interest than I have. Like, he was wanting to do things that I necessarily wasn't interested in. But I could still, the technical aspects of what he was doing and the patience he had to go and repeat these insane jumps. Like, he was watching these YouTubers just kind of coming up with these insane things. And then William could, he could duplicate these things. That's a very William thing to do though. Yeah. Like he does that with all kinds of stuff. He does it with yo-yo. He does it with Rubik's cube. He does it with magic card tricks. Like he likes to be a student of something. Yes. 
but in a, he, he in sticks really with it and is able to that's do it. Right. So I think video games have helped him help foster that as well. Yeah, he probably did it first with video games yes. before he did those other things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's very interesting that you say, like, but William also has, like, more free time than anybody in this house. Oh, yeah, I'm so envious of his life. <laughs> it's amazing what he does. I guess it's amazing. Dude just eats. He just spent the summer videos, playing, base- playing baseball playing and baseball, eating. baseball, watching YouTube. Like, it's yeah, amazing. going to the cottage. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. Uh, that's I've never considered that. That's really funny the way you say that. You love his life. It's amazing. I wanted to ask you uh, if you were going to make recommendations off the fly. You are not prepared for this. No, you're hitting... Uh, recommendations for what? Okay. You're hitting me with this. I want you to recommend a great mm-hmm. game for uh, a family to play together. Everybody playing at the same time? Yeah. Uh, we'll just say a family of four. Kids 12 and under. I think, I mean, I think you probably could have a really good time playing, um, like, New Super Mario World. Um, there are four players there. It gets wild and crazy. Um, so that's a that would be a fun game to play. Okay. Next one is um, a game that's easy enough for a novice player, but really creative and compelling. Yeah, I mean, it takes two is, is the, certainly the first one. I we haven't played a lot of games together that way, and um, I think also a game. I guess I would say a game like Animal Crossing. I'm just rehashing what we've talked about. I'm trying to think okay. of of new games to. There's a uh, game I'm thinking of, which is um, Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, fantastic game. That's a really great game. So did you you found that? I played like maybe the first chapter because Henry really wanted me to, and that's. We haven't really talked about that, but there is this, like, push-pull between the kids, what the kids want to play, what the kids want you to play, and what you want to play. Yeah. There is sometimes a dynamic of the kids, like, begging you to play with them yes. when you don't want to, which always also sometimes surprises me. Because I would think, like, any video game, anytime, anywhere is, like, a good time for you. But you're not always jazzed to play video games anytime, anywhere with anyone. <laughs> Maybe the no, with anyone part is no, I, no. It it dep- it depends. Yeah, it depends what game it is. I mean, seriously, because Henry even wanted to play. I played a couple levels with It Takes Two, with Henry, because he was kind of interested in it. Because we were talking about oh, it, yeah, I and that was totally a different experience, right? Because I'd done it before with Henry. It just like didn't have obviously the same same feel the first time playing through it. Didn't slap the same way. No, but like you must know that you know as as an avid reader, it's not just any book, anytime, anywhere. That's just because so you love true. reading, it, yeah, it's yeah. got to be the right book, the right time. Like it depends how you're feeling, where you're at. Like all those things matter. It's it's the same thing. It's not just video games for the sake of video games. Okay, well played. Most beautiful game for someone who's into it for the visual element. Um, one of the first games that comes to mind is Ghost of Tsushima which is a game that takes place in Japan years ago. Um, it deals with, like, samurais. And so you're in this this beautiful island. And you're, this character's got a sort of... There's a whole storyline. The storyline is great. It's a fantastic game. But it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Originally came out for the PlayStation 4. They kind of up the graphics a little bit for the PS5. But it's a beautiful game. Um, Level. Beginner, medium. Uh, I think there there are difficulty settings, but it's somebody who's more in into video games for sure. 
Of course, For they're sure. a difficult. No, I know, but it, but it's something. <laughs> no, you no, more... I actually didn't think of it. It's like, oh, anyone can play anything. You just have to set the settings properly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Technology. Okay. Um, funniest game that made you laugh oh, wow. the most. Funniest game. Or maybe games aren't that funny. I feel like I have laughed at games. Where the writing's really good. Yeah, I play games with excellent writing. Comedy is it's it's always tricky, especially to keep something funny. Because video games can last for you know tens of hours. Oh, that's true. So to keep something funny, you can have moments of humor. Some of it intentional, some of it unintentional. Sometimes yeah, usually. Un- <laughs> usually for me, the funniest games are the unintentionally funny games. Yeah. It's like Vikings that grunt the same sentiment over and over. Yeah, that's 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 great. Like, you know, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which takes place in ancient Greece. Yeah, that was the one There's, that jumped out of my mind. That's a game that just... I, I couldn't figure it out at first until... I was kind of annoyed with it until I figured out that if I just laughed at it, the game was hilarious. Yeah. And I don't know... No. I don't think that was their full intention. <laughs> it's not meant as a comedy, but I found the game hilarious. Okay. Game that you would play again. Or game... No, no, no. Game you wish you could forget you played so that you could play it for the first time all over again. Uh, Wow. That's just kind of going to, like, best games of all time because you yeah. want that, that new exploration. Um, I mean, I love uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Which is about... incredible. That takes place in sort of the Wild West. And so you have this huge world that you're exploring. You really can almost do almost anything. And you never know as you're exploring what you might come across. And what kind of... Either it's a town or some character or just animal. It's it's really... It's an incredible game. Um, I loved a game like Bioshock. Which was a game that takes place in this like dystopian past. Um, It takes place... You're sort of in this this underground uh, water world of sorts like city underwater like a city of atlantis type thing and it's all gone downhill and so it's you're just surrounded by these kind of zombie type of of monsters that are hunting you but as the story unfolds uh it's incredible It's, it's a really great piece of video game writing so that would be another game that would be you know if you could have your mind wiped and then the last one i'll do one of my favorite games of all time i mean i could keep going but uh, it's a game called Chrono Trigger for the Super Nintendo. That's that's from the archives. That's one of, uh, one of my all-time favorite games. How old were you when you played Chrono Trigger? I was probably 10 or 11, maybe. I'm trying to think when it came out. So you could go back to Nikki Baby, have your memory wiped, no, and play 12. it again? Uh, yes. Because it just kind of was this incredible game, incredible story, incredible characters for a really old system now. But um, it was so cool. And, it, and you, there's, like, time travel. So, again, you played in all these different kinds of worlds. Um, you know, it was a cool thing that you could go and fight the final boss almost right away. Once oh, the wow. Storyline. It was one of, kind of the earliest games that I can remember that you could do that. I mean, you'd get destroyed, but you could, you could do it. <laughs> um, uh, so that was a game, too, that just had constant surprises for me, especially as, like, growing up. Yeah. That's one of my all-time favorite games. So that would be another great game to, to have your mind wiped and, and play it again for the first time. Although, because it's a retro game, I don't know how it would hold up in the same way. I do love that about video games and about books. When you stumble upon something and you're like, oh, I'd never thought of this. I would have never thought of this. 
and I'm so delighted that someone thought of it and I get to experience it. Some books are like that too. Um, you know, where you're like, oh, I never thought of using video games to do, to have this kind of experience, like, or this kind of experience, this kind of story, or from this kind of person's point of view. And a lot of the time it's fantasy. You've played some really cool games where like dying is the point. Like, what was that game where you recently played where every level you die, you have a little bit more information? Yeah, so a game like Hades, which is sort of the whole point, um, is you go and you're trying to escape hell and you get killed and you will get killed. That This game is designed that way and you kind of unlock more of the story and upgrades and everything else by dying so that was a game you know growing up you would never think about something like that but but as games progress um that's a very cool and then there are a number of video games that are that are like that um where, where sort of dying is is the point yeah uh, and the other game i'm thinking of too that just was was incredible was, was subnautica yeah which is also one of my all-time favorite games this is a game where you 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 it's you're exploring the you ocean and this alien no world, at all. but the game drops you in with no story story at all. You just in an ocean. You're in this little rescue pod that's come out of your spaceship, and you have no clue what's going on, like nothing. And you start with nothing, and you have to slowly figure these what's going on in this world and the exploration on your own. It's like a masterclass in sort of video game design. Yeah, that game is is incredible. That was the kind of game where I would just watch you play. And most of the time it was you swimming in the ocean. And terrified. Like because yeah, the ocean, you know, really there's scary. these very friendly coral reefs and fish. And of course the point of the game is you need to keep going deeper and deeper where it's darker and darker. That's right. And the kinds of things like yeah. the number of jump scares as you're going down deeper and you're like holding your breath, hoping there was some no large there was creature. no music, I don't think. Uh was there music at times? I forget. It was Maybe very there minimal. Was. Maybe if there, there was, was, it was very minimal. Yeah. And then every now and then you would be on land or on something. Yeah, you'd find something. And that would almost be disorienting because you'd been in water for hours in the game. Yeah. And, and I think that probably speaks to one of the things that I love about video games, which is exploration. Like a yeah. lot of the games I mentioned, you know, it is about exploring something. It isn't about mastery for me, which I know it can be for people. And that's great. But I know for me, it is about the exploration and not knowing what you're going to find um, and then what you're going to do once you find it. Yeah, that's kind of why I read books, too. But I like that because when I play video games, I feel like I should already have mastered the game before I've right. even finished it. Right. It's about, like, did I get an A-plus at the game or not? And I know I never could. So I'm inspired by your attitude. I think that's, like... That's a better attitude to have. I, I think, and the comparisons you're making with books, I think, is really important. I think because you know, people do historically have looked at it's changing, but looked at video games as sort of this lesser form of entertainment. For sure. And listen, there there are these big budget video games, just like big budget movies or big budget books, which are just kind of like popcorn filler and they're fun, but they don't have much substance. Or there's these other video games out there that have a ton of substance and do something really different and interesting and make you think about things in a different way. I think those are, to me, the most satisfying games. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking to me about video games. Uh, thanks thanks for having me. Hopefully <laughs> you haven't lost too many Too many listeners? listeners? No, I think we probably inspired a lot of people to uh, pick up a video game. I don't know. What do you think? I'd say go for it. Yeah. Any system, anytime, anywhere. 
The Switch, Nintendo, what Nintendo's really found is the sweet spot to be a point of entry for people who are not, both for affordability and the appeal of the gameplay. Like the PS5 is a huge investment if you're going to, you're not going to enter the video game world with a, with a $600 device. And I think that the quality, if you're not an avid gamer, the quality of games from Nintendo on the Switch, I think there, there is absolutely something for everybody. Yeah. It's Nintendo does a great job of making games accessible to, to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to do two more things. We're going to do a quick hot take. Okay. Now this hot take was on the Instagram account of another podcast that I really love. A super popular podcast called the Popcast. It's hosted by uh, Knox McCoy and Jamie Golden and their friends and they talk about pop culture. But what they posted on their Instagram account was somebody who was saying, bring back the 22-episode season of television. And this person was saying basically that they missed episodes of TV that were just like huge behemoths of episodes. And there were a lot of comments on this post. And I showed it to you. And your reaction was? It's a terrible take. It is such a (laughs) spicy take that is only there to elicit this kind of visceral reaction that I have towards. It's a ridiculous take and I really don't believe anybody could actually believe it. That's how hot of a take it is. Nobody would touch it. So you think there this person is just trying to be provocative yes. and there's no merit to long seasons of television anymore. No, you you no. Why? I think if you look back at like 22 episode seasons Think how much junk is in there. But what about Lost? Or oh, Lost was the only thing I could think of. But like we used to watch like The Office or, you know, sure. there's 22 episodes every season. But that to me, that okay, I'll say a comedy is different than something yeah. that, that's, you know, a strong, like a drama. Um, remember that one, and call them off like, like a capsule episode. Remember there's that one episode in Lost with those two characters. Oh my those, god, like, the brother and the sister. Yeah, I mean, people will remember. They end up paralyzed and buried or something. It, it, it's so out of nowhere. Now, that was an extreme example. It's a red example. herring. It's a red herring. But a red herring is to, like, lead you down a path, right? To, like, trick you. This was just, like, confusion the whole time. It's like, no. why, why, where's everybody else? I think that episode still, we're still talking about it. Because it was bad? It made no sense? It, it didn't fit? It didn't... There had to... There needed to be... Some, I, I don't know. I think, like... You didn't get any payoff for that episode at all. But I think the thing is, like, TV networks were not doing 22 episodes because, like, we have so much good stuff that we just, like, have to do 22 No, episodes. it's because they, they could like, sell ad space they, for We 20. needed to sell ad space. So the writers had to find content. Yeah. When you're having to find content for 22 episodes... Yeah. You get a lot of junk. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think is the sweet spot for? Because now it's like it's like wild card. You could get anything. You could get nine. You get six. You get thirteen. I think that's great. I think ideally you should leave it up to the creative team, which doesn't have as much as as it should. Leave it up to the creative team. Like how many episodes do you actually need to tell the story properly? One. Great. Like <laughs> if you can tell it in episode. fewer episodes, that's great. Um, but then when does it become a movie? So, like, we just watched Stranger Things Season 4, which arguably, I think, I thought was very, very good, but definitely had maybe three more episodes than it needed to have. Yeah, that's that's probably true. 
That's probably... And those episodes were long. Oh, that's... Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started. They were like, long episodes. Like, I will tell you, Medium Lady has no time for, like, an hour and 45 minute episode of television. That's like a movie. That's a movie. Yeah. And they were all point. like that. Yeah, they were. They were. I'd... Yeah. I'd still almost rather that, though, than again... But why tw- not have 22 episodes? Because it's dead. There was... The but only it's fake. Reason- it's fake. I'll just tell you, just to make the take even spicier, is, like, if you're going to be... If you're going to be... Season four of Stranger Things. Yeah. And you're going to have hour and a half long episodes, but you're going to have 11 of them. That's 22 45 minute episodes. Sure. So you're not getting a 10 season, an 11 season episode. You're still getting the same amount of hours of storytelling. My point is that the creators legitimately think like we need this rather than a, a, a network executive saying, give me 22 episodes. And you're like, well, I don't know what to do. Okay, I'll figure it out. To be like, Gillette has paid for ad space on 22 episodes. Yes, you better get on this. Yeah. And there better be razors in 16 <laughs> of those episodes. <laughs> the, that, to me, the, it's just different. I mean, listen, I mean, I'm not saying Netflix is, you know, there's not some, like, holistic company that's doing things just for the greater good. No. But they're strictly going to make money, and, and they're going to want episodes because that helps keep right, things going. Right, right. Um, I just think nobody actually thinks, nobody actually wants a 22 episode season, episode season anymore. And we're not even bingers. Cause I feel no. like, I feel like that's an even more monumental task for people who binge a season. We will, we will parse out our TV. We watch like one episode. Of, we're very, we're very like, we're very pre-streaming consumers of TV. Yeah. What we're like, tonight? what's on tonight? We'll watch one episode of our show and then. You play yeah. video games until you get tired. Uh, that is, or sports. Uh, yeah, maybe. Okay, well, if you disagree with us, make sure you find me on Instagram. You I'm... don't disagree, though. So, no. like, you, I still, I, I think they still... Or if you agree. They still should find you on Instagram, but nobody's going to disagree with okay, that. Okay, Like, so... legitimately disagree. <laughs> okay. Well... Nobody. Nobody. If you want to come and connect with me on Instagram, you can find me at medium.lady over there and just look for the pink post in my feed. It's a pink square. It's always the most, the latest episode. It'll be pinned to the top of my profile. And you can uh, tell us that you don't, don't disagree. <sighs> that you think Nick is right on, right on track. Internet. That's a terrible thing. Don't to come do. to, don't come to my page and spread blasphemes. Yeah, it's just, you can't, you can't. <laughs> I couldn't believe how angry that made you. It just, it's a, it's a hot take for the sake of a hot take. Well, isn't that what all hot takes are? I think a good hot take should... Make you think a little bit? Yes, and you could see the other side. Well, That's we just, a good hot take. We just talked for about 10 minutes about it. Yeah, it's true. We got all the spice out of that. I get It worked. I will, I will agree. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, we're going to wrap up with a bit of story time. And I thought, although maybe you won't want to tell the story... So last year we saw. I don't know what this is. Yeah, okay. I thought I was thinking back to us a year ago because you know I like to do that. I like to think about like a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, and a year ago we had our 15 year anniversary, and we planned. I planned a special date. It was our first date since <laughs> the pandemic, <laughs> and I really wanted to go to a nice restaurant downtown Toronto. And what did we learn from that experience? That we don't like fancy <laughs> downtown restaurants. Yeah. That, that. It was the worst experience eating we've ever had. Well, 
Yeah, it, uh, it was. Not food-wise. No, the food was good. The food was great. I mean, you we paid... We paid... Way too much. Yeah. But it was really... It was quality. So it probably was the going rate. I mean, we just don't eat out much at all, let alone... No, it's true. Like, you know, William talks about how fancy Montana's is. <laughs> and he's not wrong for us. Like that's, Montana's cookhouse, yeah. You know, we... <laughs> Yeah, it's true. You can draw on the tables with crowns. And, yeah, why not? Uh, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Um, so yeah, the super fancy restaurant was just, we just both felt so out of our element. This guy wearing like a tux kept calling me monsieur. Um, oh my gosh, and madame. And madame. It was, it was like, to us, just did not work at all. The whole date was a, was a schmazzle. That's right, because we went to the Van Gogh We went to uh, the Van experience. Gogh experience, and on our way from parking... <laughs> Which was hard to find in its own right. It was hard to... Oh, my but, God. But... We sound so, like, fuddy-duddy. Well, anyway, we were walking from parking downtown to the Van Gogh Experience. It was raining or had rained? Had rained. It had a rained. Lot. A lot. <laughs> and an evil truck splashed into a puddle and completely soaked me all the way through my underwear right before we went to the exhibit. Like completely, like you were, like you would like could it was ring like, out. It was I'm like sure. a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. And was... you knew it was a special day, and you wanted to laugh at me, but you didn't. You were very no, kind. I don't think I would want to laugh because I was like, "That's mess. Like that's bad. Like it was beyond it was the so laughing." Awful. But there's a point I think when you get splashed by a truck where it's funny. This was so far past that because of how wet you were. I, I It was not funny to me. I, you were very nice to me. I, it was not funny. I was like, this is not You looked at my well. face and you were like, are we going home now? Like, yeah, I thought maybe this the was whole thing was over because it was that bad. But I couldn't do it. So we went through the whole Van Gogh experience with wet pants. Semi-dry probably by the end. But the Van Gogh experience is not very long. And our reservations were for, like, 6. We ended up at the restaurant for, like, 5 p.m. Maybe? It was very early. We got there very early. The restaurant was empty. We got there very early. We were seated. We were being served by this very stuffy person. And that's a really awkward experience, like, to be all alone in a restaurant. That You feel like... You're like, sorry, we shouldn't be here right now. This is the wrong place. Yeah, like, the the staff were, like, going to chill for another, like, 45 minutes. And listen, in all fairness, that was because we were so early. Because by the end of the night, the restaurant was packed. That's right. That's right. With fancy people. With fancy people. People who, like, don't eat dinner at, like, 5 (laughs) p.m. Yeah. So we sat down, we got our menus, and we opened our menus, and we knew right away that it was like, do I want to say more than we want to spend? It was absolutely more than we wanted to spend. Yeah. Absolutely. It was more than we wanted to spend. And there was a brief moment where I was like, let's just go. Yeah. And we didn't. So we spent more than we wanted to spend on our anniversary dinner. Yeah, we stuck it out. Yeah, I... I still, like, I'm still... I learned a lot from that experience. Because it would have been so easy to be like, sorry, we have to go. I got a call from the babysitter. Like, we could have just lied. Like, what do we owe it to these Nothing. people in the restaurant? They don't, no. Nothing. Nothing. But we couldn't leave. We're like grown-ups and we could not get out of the situation. Well, we kind of wanted to. And we also, I think we're both ready to like, to try and... Salvage. Well, I think get out of our comfort zone, I think was a big oh, part of it. I think oh, we that's were both, interesting. I think we're both willing to be like, this is not what we want but let's you never know turns out we did we were right from the (laughs) get-go 
that we did we not sh- want it. We did not. We did not want to eat there, but we did. And then we sheepishly hung our heads and drove home. But we've been laughing about it ever since. Yeah, and and paying off the dinner ever no. since. <laughs> no, no, like two more it months, and we should. It be, wasn't that much. We should be good to go. It wasn't that much, but there was a part of me that was really mad because I was the one who felt like fifteen years was like a cause for a ta-da, a big. Right. A I mean, big... when you call it a cause for a ta-da. No, I mean. <laughs> yeah. The... Oh, no. What am I trying to say? I don't know. You make it sound like, yeah, it was our... It was like a reason to, to celebrate and, yes, step outside of our comfort zone. Yes. But I don't know why I would associate, and I never will again, associate celebration with stepping outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like, when you celebrate, you should absolutely 100% be in your zone. Yeah. You should play in you should your lane. You should go to lane. Montana's. You should go then... to... No. Well... I don't want to go to William's favorite restaurant on our anniversary. I guess that's the thing is I am a little bit still even a little bit like snobby about what constitutes the right level of celebration. Fair enough. Somewhere between fancy downtown steakhouse and Montana's. Like a Kelsey's? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Like a Kelsey's. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. I'm glad we found that. Oh, gosh. We regret it. There's not a lot we regret in life. I can't think of anything, but that restaurant really stands out. Yeah. I don't think I would say I regret it, but it was, I would never do it again. That's the definition of regret. I don't and know. you wish you hadn't done it. I mean, it's something we can talk about and laugh about. Yeah. It was yeah. an experience together. Yes. So it still made, I guess, our 15 year anniversary memorable. Very memorable. Like, well, that's something we'll, we'll always remember. You're welcome. Laugh at your thank you. Uh, we'll always <laughs> be able to laugh and cry. Yeah. Hey, well, um, thanks for talking to me today. Thanks for uh, letting me be your co-host. Yeah, you're an awesome co-host. Thanks. All right, everybody. I'm your one of your co-hosts, Aaron. I, I'm your other co-host. I'll see you next episode for episode 43. <laughs> Uh, I'm launching into some of the upcoming video game releases between now and the holiday season. Uh, So stick around (laughs) for that. I'm going to be ranking the top uh, 60 games that'll be out. 60? Out between now and. Oh, uh, that's so many episodes worth of content. I would never do all 60 in one episode. That's crazy. Okay. Well, okay. Well, listen. Oh, I should have asked you about a game you're looking forward to playing, but we'll have to save that for episode 43. (laughs) Yeah, I'll see you next time. Okay. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, As always, please, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with somebody. And uh, if you'd rather not share it, then go ahead and give it a rating and review wherever you happen to be listening. My name is Erin. This has been Medium Lady Talks uh, with Nick. And we will see you again soon. Bye. Are you going to say bye? Oh, I I was letting you have the last word. I thought that was the right thing to do. Co-host, say bye. Uh, bye. Bye. bye.